Hello, I'm Conrad Swift, and welcome to the Cardano Convo podcast, a podcast that gives a glimpse into the Cardano ecosystem. The Cardano Convo provides an easy-to-digest explanation of the projects that are being built, thoughts, and what's going on within the Cardano community. Today, I'll be speaking with Alex, the co-founder of Pixel Links Golf. Without further ado, let's get to the interview. Hello, Alex. It's nice to have you on the show, and thank you for taking the time to talk with us today and answer a few questions about the work you've been doing with Pixel Link Golf. Thanks very much, uh, Conrad. It's, it's great to be here uh, and talking about the project. It's, it's something that we're really excited about and uh, really passionate about. I'm looking forward to, uh, to chatting with you about it. Oh, most certainly. Um, so there's always a couple of questions I ask first. To begin, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background? What drew you into crypto in general? Yeah, so uh, my name's Alex. Um, I am a child who was, I was born in the 80s. So I kind of grew up at kind of like the dawn of when gaming started becoming mainstream. So my first gaming computer that I kind of remember was an Atari ST. Wow. Um, so, you know, this, was, this would have been the early 90s, 93, 94, something like that. I remember it coming with, with half a megabyte of RAM. <laughs> And I remember getting really frustrated because there was games that required one megabyte of RAM and I couldn't play them. Uh, and then I, and then eventually we, we got that one megabyte of RAM and I could, oh, and it was great. And that's kind of when I started. And then I remember getting a Mega Drive for my Christmas one year, you know, and, and that's kind of where my love for games kind of started. Uh, you know, ever since then, I've kind of been designing games you know, just for personal use. And there was a part of me at one point that really wanted to go into professional, you know, game creation and game design. Um, but I, I also really like maps and cartography um, kind of, and, and that's kind of where my, my career path led me into uh, mapping, basically. Um, I have kind of always been interested in crypto um, ever since it first came about, you know, I'm one of these people, there are millions of us like us uh, out there. I was at university in the early 2000s when Bitcoin first came on the scene. I remember reading about it and I remember thinking, yeah, this could, this could be the future. You know, I think it was under a dollar a, a coin at the, at the moment. I was like, you know, I should put like, you know, 30 or 40 dollars into Bitcoin and, and just leave it and just see what happens. You know, yeah. you know, I wanted to spend that 30 or $40 on alcohol and beer instead, you know, at university. So I never did. And I, I regret it every day. And I'm sure there are yeah. many others <laughs> like me who do it, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember that. And then, so I kind of kept, kept an eye on it. I have invest, I have holdings, I have investments in, in crypto um, that I keep that I use as kind of just like a play fund that I have. And then when NFTs kind of came about, I, I was looking at them. And uh, because of how, you know, Bitcoin and Ethereum kind of works with regards to the uh, energy consumption, uh, their energy consumption is, is very high. Uh, I, I never really kind of got into that space until uh, my fellow uh, creator of Pixel Links, uh, Bill, who is not here today, uh, introduced me to Cardano, specifically specifically Cardano. And I was like, oh, you know, Bill, the energy consumption is ridiculous. I don't think I could personally do stuff like that. And he was like, no, 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 check, check out Cardano. It's a lot more eco-friendly than the other ones. And the way it was explained to me was, whereas something like Bitcoin uses the energy of like a, a country like Argentina, 
Cardano uses the equivalent energy of a house. Yeah. And that kind of and that kind of got me really interested and then just kind of jump started the whole thing with Pixel Links and then really kind of got me to focus down on entering the NFT space, entering the crypto space instead of being an investor and now being a creator. And um, and that's really kind of where I entered entered Cardano and crypto. Oh, nice. And so something I help to explain with people with regards to, for example, why it's so energy efficient is I explain it as imagine you're a teacher in a classroom and you have everybody pull out a notebook and whoever can write the word that you say first gets the block. Well, that's relatively inefficient because let's say you get this person gets the block. The rest have to tear out the paper and throw it away because it's useless. Whereas imagine if you went to each student, this is the word you need to write. This is the word you need to write. You aren't wasting nearly as much paper in that case. In the same way, it's just the same thing with energy. You're not competing. It's allocated. So, yeah. yeah. So, no, I so not to pull away. We'll jump back now. So could you give us a quick rundown of what Pixelink Golf is? Yeah. So so Pixelink Golf is going to be a, a golf game first and foremost. So. The game came first. Uh, I'll explain. I'll explain a bit about how the game came about. But so we envision uh, Pixel Links Golf as kind of coming in three parts. You're going to have the uh, a part of it that's like automatic golf. So think of it in terms of like a management a management strategy style game. Um, you know, people have kind of compared the idea of it to like uh, some of the idle games and some of the uh, auto battler games that you can you can get these days so you know you you'd you would pick your golfers you would send them out to play some golf the system would do some algorithms it would it would do some stuff in the background and then it would return you the results and it would be compared so that's kind of like the first part of of, of pixel links and um, the second part is the classic golf game yeah you are in control of your golfer you hit your ball and you play the holes that's the second part and then and then third um will be kind of course creation so you will be able to collect golf holes and then you will be able to create your own courses um and that's kind of the third so that's kind of how we envision envision pixel links as a whole um, obviously you'll be able to collect your golfers and you'll be able to collect your golf holes and then put everything together and hopefully and uh, play the game and and have a good time doing it you know, so we want to kind of make sure the game kind of has something for everybody. So the people who like strategy style things and want to do strategy stuff, the people who like to physically play the game can do the game stuff and the people who maybe just want to create golf courses. I mean, I, I think when I was 14, 15, I went through a, a phase of really wanting to be a golf course architect, you know, so that kind of where that comes from, uh, that, that's where the golf hole part comes from. I was about to ask, where did the yeah. whole theme for golf come from? But you kind of answered that, like, with your background yeah. of wanting to be, what chose, like, instead of playing, like, if people see golf and they're like, I like golf, a lot of them will think, man, I want to be a golfer. Not a lot of people yeah. are like, I want to construct golf courses. So yeah. that's a bit unique there. Yeah. So, you know, I played golf since I was about five. Um, so I grew up playing with my dad. My dad was a fairly good golfer. Um, so I played golf with him. Um, bar, bar, you know, four or five years around 18, 19, when I kind of discovered beer and girls, uh, I played golf my whole life. <laughs> you know, yeah. I love playing golf. Um, 
And the whole golf course design and golf course architecture comes from, it's connected to the, the fact that I love maps and I love cartography. So it's kind of stuff like that. A, a big, I studied geography at university. I love geography. I love things like that. And that's kind of where my love of golf, you know, uh, kind of came from and, and where the, the themed game kind of came from, you know, and at the same time, so around, uh, I think about a decade ago, um, when I was at work, uh, I work at, I work at sea at the moment, uh, and it can get quite lonely at sea sometimes. Yeah. And, uh, there was one day and everything was very slow and I just started doodling in a scrapbook that I have, um, and then writing stuff on my laptop and I kind of constructed what pixel links was back then it wasn't called pixel links but the idea kind of remains the same you know i envisioned it as a trading card game you know uh, similar to uh, pokemon or magic gathering you know or flesh and blood which is one of the newer ones where you would collect parts of a golf hole and you would construct golf holes and you would be able to put bunker tokens down and water hazards and, and, and things like that and then you would compete on the golf course. You'd compete with the golf courses that you made but against other people and other people would try to defeat your course and things like this. And, you know, there was a lot of dice rolling and a lot of random elements to it and card drawing and, and things like that. And that's kind of where it came, it came from. And then obviously when Bill was talking to me about the NFT scene and specifically gaming on the blockchain, I, yeah. kind, of, I kind of said to him, I went, well, you know, I had this and, and this is what I created like all these years ago. And we've kind of refined it from there and sat down. So the game itself has a history, a personal history to me. Um, so it's not something that we just came up, up with on a whim. And then, and then Bill was like, yeah, that, that's, that's a good idea. We, we can run with that. We can work with that. And, and the blockchain is the perfect way to do it. I mean, it, it makes perfect sense to do something like that on the blockchain. Oh Yeah. It that's the beauty of the blockchain is it's not just transactions with like cryptocurrencies, but rather you can have these, as you said, these NFTs, these non-fungible tokens, and you can build on that. You can build games, you can build projects on these D apps, etc. So no, I'm glad that you guys saw that opportunity and you chose Cardano yeah. to build that on. Um, yeah. I did have a question with regards to the golfers. So yeah. are the golfers all based on golf stars like Tiger Woods or are there fictional ones as well? I didn't know if it was all like, I didn't know if there's, I don't know if, how many NFT tokens you have, but yeah. if there's like 10,000, like a lot of other projects, I don't know if yeah. there's that many golfers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, yeah, we have, we have 10,000. Uh, I know it's a very taboo number at the moment, but th this is what we've, we've gone for. Uh, you know, we haven't, but we haven't designed pixel links around selling 10,000 in a week. You know, we've designed it in that we want people to always kind of be able to pick up a golfer and play. So it's, it's very much a long-term strategy with that. So the golfers um, are uh, uh, random assets that have been designed by our artist, Jordan, um, and they are not based on anybody. So when we first launched the project, we, had, we did some promo golfers uh, and there was the Ryder Cup was happening at the same time in Wisconsin. And we wanted to kind of 
put some promo tokens out at the same time as the Ryder Cup and basically say, uh, you know, use the fact that the Ryder Cup is happening to promote the project. Uh, we obviously upset somebody from the PGA in America because we got a lovely cease and desist letter from them. Uh, so they got a bit upset that we'd used the word Ryder Cup in a few of our tweets. Ah. That was it. So it was very interesting because, you know, we were doing it on Twitter and Twitter had a special hashtag for the Ryder Cup and they got a bit upset. So, do you know, fair enough. We completely, we completely understand that. So I uh, just want to make it clear that none of the golfers are based on, are based on anybody real. Uh, but at the same time, you know, if the PGA senses a cease and desist letter, they must be pretty worried about something, you know, and we were just a tiny, tiny, I think we barely had a hundred followers at, at that moment, you know, so they obviously kind of saw something in us and went, well, these guys could be a bit of a problem in the future. Yeah. So we're going to, we're going to take, we took that as a kind of positive sign that we were doing something right. Um, and, and of course, going forward, uh, none of our golfers will be based on on real people unless unless we get approached by by the by the golfers themselves. Nice. Okay. So that's yeah. I'm glad you were able to get that out of the way. Um, one yeah. question I did have with regard still to the golfers is, yeah. um, how are the rarities of these golfers determined? So I saw in your white paper that there are skill qualities like yeah. stamina and composure. How do these affect the value of the NFT in the game? Yeah, so so we kind of wanted to design what we're referring to as a dual rarity system. So we have the the primary rarity, which is, as you say, the skill values that are on the NFT themselves. So there are five skill values per golfer. They are ability, uh, power, um, stamina, control, and composure. So when the game launches each one of these skill values will have an effect on how the golfer plays. So ability is kind of um, how well the ball, how the well the golfer can strike the ball. Power is, you know, how hard, how far you can hit the ball. Um, stamina is, you know, the more you play, the more holes you play, do they get more tired? Do more errors start to creep into their game? Then you have control, which is like, you know, uh, in golf, you have what you call a fade or a draw, which is where you purposely kind of bend the ball one way or another, how mm -hmm. you can put spin on the ball, you know, things like that. Yeah. And then composure, which I really wanted to build into the game. So composure is how well do you do under pressure? You know, in golf, you have what we call the yips. And what the yips is, is when you're leading from the front and you start getting a little bit nervous, and you're walking up and you've got maybe a one foot or a two foot putt to get to, 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 to win and you get the yips and you miss it. And it's a putt that 99% of golfers will make nine times out of 10, but just a little bit under pressure and they miss it. So that's, that's what that is. So with, with the skill values, what we did was they're based on a value of one to 10 and we split those into five different classifications. Uh, the, the, the classifications are hack, uh, amateur, expert, professional, and champion. Now, the sum of your skill value dictates what classification you go into. So you could have, um, for example, three values as a seven and two values as a one, 
and you would go into the hack classification because it's under the threshold that we've set for the hack. So it, it denotes the natural ability of the golfer. And because not every golfer is equal, not every golfer is, is great. And, and we wanted to do it that way. Now, now, what we will do going forward with the classifications of the golfers is whenever we run tournaments or competitions, you'll only be able to compete against other golfers in that same classification. So you won't have a hack golfer, which is in the worst classification, going up against a professional or a champion, which is in the top classification, because it would just be unfair. And yeah. it wouldn't be fun. For, it wouldn't be fun for anybody, you know. And so, so by doing that, you know, it means that every golfer has utility. Essentially, every golfer is useful. So a hack golfer isn't necessarily worse than an amateur or professional when it comes to tournament and competition play because they could still win their classification of their tournaments. So, so that's kind of the primary uh, rarity that we, we built in. The secondary rarity that we wanted to do is how the golfer looks. You know, So we, we tried to keep things as close as possible and as equal as possible when it came to all the different physical uh, attributes and all the different clothing that they're wearing. You know, we we did have we do have some more rarer items, yeah. um, so so that means then that for us that the people who maybe aren't chasing the best golfers, you know, can chase the golfers that look good, or that, that they think they look good because I honestly think they all look fantastic. If I'm, yeah. bit, I'm biased, I know that I'm biased. Yeah, you know, <laughs> so that's kind of what we wanted to do. It was important for me. Um, that we didn't have a feel bad factor when somebody minted a golfer. Um, so, you know, as a, as a magic, the gathering player, the amount of times that you buy a booster pack and you flick through, you flick through your cards and you're like, Oh, well, these cards are all rubbish. And you kind of get that feel bad. You get a little bit of buyer's regret at that moment, you know, and you put them to one side. We wanted to minimize that as much as we could. So that's kind of why we did this, this two, this two-tier uh, rarity system, um, and you know, we 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 limited we limited the um, classification rarity so that there was only certain groups of of uh, of certain classifications. To get so I understand what you're talking about when it comes to magic because the, I play magic as well, and if you buy a yeah. booster pack and it doesn't have what you're looking for, it's like, yeah. oh man, like yeah. I just wasted a ton of time with this or I wasted money on this, et cetera. So I completely get that. One yeah. question I did have with regards to the golfers and the separate tokens you've been talking about. Um, yeah. So we, I do understand that. I'm sure we understand that the golfer tokens as well as like the whole tokens are different, but will yeah. users be able to purchase them at different times and still have the ability to play the game interactively? So Let's say I have a golfer token. And as time yep. goes on, I buy three holes. Can I yep. play golf on these golf holes or how would that work? Okay, so the idea is that we would mu as much as possible always have some form of golfers available for people to purchase. It's very important that we, that we make sure that, that we want the, the, the buying on experience for people who may be, who will join our project at a later stage you know, aren't spending lots and lots and lots of money in order to play the game. That's 
that's not what we want. That's we want as many people to play the game as possible. So in the game itself, we intend, we will intend to have what we're calling kind of like generic golf courses, you know, where they'll be created, they'll exist off chain. They'll exist, sorry. They'll, yeah. They'll exist off chain. They will be just kind of built into the game itself. So you will always have some way to play the game the same way that we'll probably have some generic golfers that people can get. So they will always have a way to play the game. So they should always be available in some form. Uh, when we do eventually sell out the, the 10,000 golfers of our initial stock that we have, we will be looking at doing kind of like series releases, like in magic, when you have set different sets. Yeah. So we'll have like different sets of golfers that will have different attributes that will have different kind of physical attributes attached to them and things like that. Now with the golf holes, you don't need to purchase the golf holes in order to play the game. The golf holes are for people who want to create the golf courses. So our initial thinking and our initial idea with the golf courses are you will purchase nine or sorry, you will acquire nine or 18 golf holes. You will send them off to be minted and burned. You will tell us what you want the course to be called. And then in return, you will receive an NFT of your golf course that you can then load into the game. And other people can come and play your course. They can rank your course. They can rate your course. And our idea is that the, the user will get rewards based on how, how many people play, how many people like the course, you know, things like that. So uh, play to earn has kind of been the thing that's a big buzzword at the moment. And for us with golf courses, we're calling it build to earn. You don't really need, you won't need to actually play the game. The, you will just have to have connected your account to the game in order to do this. And, and the golf holes themselves will, will most likely be a mixture of FTs, generic holes that will, that will exist. And then we'll also do NFTs, so special specific holes. Yeah. So would is it something to where if I have, let's say, nine holes, I send them to be yeah. burned, do I get to yeah. craft what the, the holes will look like so that it's build to earn? Or is it kind of luck of the draw when I send them in? I get nine holes and I earn based upon those. No. So you will, so you will get, so you will see what hole you are, you are burning. So, you know, the, so the golf holes are in, we're kind of moving out of preliminary design with the golf holes and moving into secondary design at the moment. But the general idea is that you will have uh, an FT or an NFT if it's one of the special ones. And, the, the golf hole, you'll be able to see the golf hole on the token and you will be able to see, okay, so it has, it's um, a, a par four. It's 410 yards long. It's got three greenside bunkers. It has two fairway bunkers. It's a dog leg left. It's got a long thin green and the pin is positioned at the back. So that will all be on the token. And if you collect nine holes and you could you could collect nine of the same fungible token if you particularly want nine par five golf holes. You know, when you send that off, that will then be imprinted on the NFT of the golf course itself. Okay. So, so it's not, so the random element is only when you acquire the golf holes. 
you will know exactly what you will be getting in part of the golf course. And of course, you can call the golf course whatever you want. Within reason, of course, you know, we're family friendly and everything. But yeah. you, could call it the, you could call it the Cardano Convo course if you particularly yeah. wanted to. Yeah. So, yeah. and I imagine they won't be able to name them like actual golf course names for the sake of the problem we ran or we, you yeah. guys had run into before. Yeah. Absolutely. We would we would be making sure that we're not falling afoul of any sort of, you know, copyright rules or anything like that, which would be which is very important. to us. Oh, know. no, of course. Um, another token I wanted to talk about, I saw it's a future development, it looks like. Yeah. But could you tell us a little bit about equipment tokens like clubs? So, again, I know yeah. it's a future plan, but how would you describe these items and will having a better club make playing the get course easier? Or will it make a golfer better yeah so the idea around equipment is of course you need equipment to play golf and um, we're going to run them in a similar way that we're kind of thinking about golf holes and that they will be a mixture of fts and nfts so there are eight equipment tokens um in total and i and we split them into two groups you've got the golf clubs in one group and then you have accessories in the other group so in the golf clubs, you will have an equipment token that is a set of woods, a set of drivers. Mm -hmm. You will have uh, an equipment token that is a set of irons, and you will have an equipment token that is a putter. So three different equipment tokens to fill those three slots. Now, each equipment token modifies one of the skill values of the golfer. So as an example, the you might have a... Uh, driver token that is a uh, big Bryson's big booming boomstick. You know, it's a driver. Yeah. And the driver might give you a plus six on power. You know, because it's a big, big, big boomstick. It's gonna you're gonna hit it far, but yeah. might give you like a minus five on control. So you might hit this thing a long way. You might hit it to the moon, but you have no idea where it's going to end up. And that's kind of how we're going to deal with with equipment tokens. You know, so that's the woods. The accessories that we have kind of interact in a slightly different way. So they will only generally affect one of the five skill values, whereas the, 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 the clubs will generally affect one or two. So the, so the accessories are a golf bag. You need somewhere to hold your clubs. You need to have golf tees for when you're hitting off the, off the, off the tee tee box you need obviously golf balls to play yeah i don't think it i don't think anybody's surprised that one of the <laughs> the equipment tokens is golf balls you need golf balls yeah <laughs> uh you need a you need a golf towel to keep your clubs clean because if any golfer will tell you if you've got mud on your clubs it's it's not going to be a good day and then finally we decided to add in a caddy to help you on the golf course <laughs> nice you know and the way, we're, the way we're also approaching the, the equipment tokens is that we want to have definitely burn mechanics attached to them. So the, you, need to keep your, you need to maintain your golf clubs and make sure that they keep, they keep in good order. Otherwise, they could break, get damaged, things like that. You know, your golf bag might get some holes in it. So you, need, you might need to, that might need to get destroyed and replaced. You're going to break golf tees. You're going to lose golf balls. Your uh, towel might get muddy, so it's not as good as cleaning anymore. 
and you might just annoy your caddy so much that they just decide they're done. They're done with you. They're walking off and they're finding somebody else. So we want to build that into the game so that it kind of gives like a, a, a real world kind of element to things and uh, to also help improve, you know, scarcity in the tokens to try and sustain the initial value that people will be putting into them. Um, but what's important as well is that just because you might not have any golf ball equipment tokens available doesn't mean you're not going to be able to play the game. You know, we, we will have kind of like generic equipment that will be attached to your golfer if you don't have a specific equipment token. You know, it's not going to give you any big benefits. It's not going to make you much worse. It's just going to be standard across the board, you know, just so that people can still play the game so that they're not forced to purchase the, the the equipment tokens to play the game. Oh yeah, so I imagine there'll be the generic, as you were saying, like clubs, yeah. generic. Yeah. Even if you golf weren't to buy any NFT and you were to play the game, yeah. there's the generic like golfer, the generic club, yeah. generic accessory. So you're not, oh, I played at the beta, let's say, when you guys don't have these tokens available, and yeah. then, oh, now I have to go and make this purchase. So you don't yeah. have like, but one question I did have with that is, if your golfer can walk away, like when you burn the token, do you get anything in exchange for that? Cause that would be a shame. You're like, let's say you go out and you purchase like the best champion golfer you can find. And then yeah. you frustrate them so much. They walk off. That might be upsetting to have invested into that. Yeah. So the golfers themselves, you'll always keep, you'll always be able to keep your golfers. Okay. The goal. So it's the caddies. Ah, you might frustrate the caddy. Yeah. Got it. So the equip so the equipment tokens. You know, but at the same time, it's not you know, we're looking at ways of making sure that it is transparent and that you know that your caddy is starting to get frustrated with you, you know, and that he might leave and that we 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 are looking at doing ways where you can stave that off, you know, like you can repair your clubs to stop them from breaking. Um, and we're still looking at different ways of doing that. Um, you know, uh, you know, I'm thinking it's probably going to be again through some form of burn mechanics. So if you have a bunch of equipment that isn't particularly good, or you don't think it's good, you could possibly use those in order to fix other other clubs. You know, so that's the general idea of what we're of what we're thinking of when it comes to stuff like that. Almost like crafting, I guess. Yeah, but you know, in games like Terraria and Minecraft and stuff like that, but more repairing. Um, I don't know. That's definitely an interesting mechanic. Um, yeah. I see that you guys again are very passionate about golf. How do you intend on promoting this NFT to the community? I know you guys already have a little bit of a community already, but yeah. how do you intend on pushing that forward? Yeah, so we just are trying to we're trying to do it in as organic a way as possible um, we haven't we haven't really used what we would call influencers in the scene at, um, it's not something that we would rule out in the future but it's not how we wanted to do it um, so my so my so bill the co-creator he has a long history of community building um, we actually met because he used to run a local game store in Belfast and we used to play Magic, Magic the Gathering together. 
and and over his his uh, many years of life, he has been uh, instrumental in building communities of all people. I won't go into it too much, but I'm sure most people are aware of the specific circumstances around living in Northern Ireland, especially growing up, especially in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s, you know, and Bill managed to create what we would call cross-community, um, cross-community groups of people who would come together and play games. So one of the most important things we want to do and the way we want to promote the project is by ensuring that we have one of the best communities that's available on Cardano. And I think we're doing a good job at it. Um, people who are on our Discord, you know, they love being part of the community. You know, we're very visible there. We do very regular um, chats with the community. You know, we, we try to do giveaways. We have a mini game that we are launching very soon that we're calling Battle Golf that should hopefully come out in the next couple of weeks, which will, you know, further enhance our community. So things like that really is how we want to get our, get our name out. And, and just speaking to people, uh, we recently decided that we would help out a community of uh, people who recently were rug pulled by a, a, a Cardano project. Um, so we offered up 50 golfers uh, to people who have been rug pulled by that. You know, it's a small token, you know, but it's one that we think is really important because we think that the Cardano community as a whole is really important and on the whole is very positive. And we want to be, we want to be in there and we want to be showing examples and saying, look, this is what it means to build communities. Yeah. Oh no. So I found that Cardano is one of the easiest communities to build in just because of how open yeah. it is with everyone. Um, yeah. So you touched on the mini game that will be coming yeah. out in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. When do you guys plan on having the full game released? So, you know, I'm not going to lie to anybody. You know, game development takes time. And I know a lot of people kind of say, well, you know, you've, you've got all this money, just hire more developers. But that's kind of not how it works. You can't just continue to throw money at things because at some point you, you, you reach that that element of where more money doesn't equal faster development. Oh yeah. You get a diminishing return at a point. Absolutely. You know, you almost have too many people working on the project. Yeah. So our goal is to have the, uh, at least a beta version of the golf management game, which will, which we're looking at being the first version of the game that we're going to release by the end of next year. And um, that's our, that's our aim. And we think that's a realistic goal. Uh, we think it's very achievable. Um, and we don't want to be one of these projects that says, yeah, we're going to have something for you in two months. And then two months comes along and everybody's like, where's yeah. my game? You know, that's, that's not what we're about. I'm not going to make empty promises to people. And we are going to be as realistic as, as we possibly can. Oh, that's the best way to go about it. And I'm yeah. glad that... So I know a lot of people want to try to rush it. And as you said, it yeah. the diminishing returns, you can't just throw more money at the problem, more developers at the problem. That yeah. doesn't solve, that won't make it happen faster. It's like if you have a hole that needs to be dug and you want to throw 20 people to dig the hole, like 
and you've got like a small hole, like you, you can't do that. It doesn't work that way. So I'm glad that you're being quite open about that. Um, yeah. This So this has been super informative and I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. But before we go, how can listeners get involved with what you're doing or how can people best support you and your team? Yeah, no, thanks very much for, for having me on to chat. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of things like this. I love what you're doing with the loops pool. I, you know, I wish you all success in the loops pool. I've been on your Twitter spaces oh, that you host when I can. I love them. I think it's really good. This is the type of things that we need to have in the community. You know, this, this open and honest and transparency that we have. So, so we're minting at the moment. Our minting is live. And nice. the cost of a golfer is 40 ADA per golfer. Um, and you can purchase one of our golfers by either joining our Discord um, and getting the mint address from our Discord or going on our website, which is pixellinks.golf. And our minting address is there. So you send uh, multiples of 40 ADA up to a maximum of 10 multiples um, to the minting address. And then you will receive one of the Pixel Links golfers in return. You know, And this is really the best way to support us. Our project is being run as a Kickstarter, and we have milestones that we that we want to hit, and at each milestone we're able to kind of progress onto something else. You know, we're supportive of the secondhand market, and if people want to purchase off the secondhand market, we would love them to, because the more people who hold the golfers, the better for us. But the best way and the most direct way that you can support us and the project itself is by purchasing directly from us as long as we have the, the golfers. We are putting pretty much all of the profit that we make from the golfers into development of Pixel Links. Oh, nice. So again, we will down below have links to the Discord, to their Twitter, to the website. You guys will want to check that out. Again, thank you so much, Alex, for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Thanks very much. Yeah, absolutely. Please join our Discord, get involved with our chats that we have. Our community is really passionate and really great. It's a really nice space to be in. You know, you'll see us all about. And the other thing as well is we welcome questions. We welcome difficult questions. We are always happy to answer them. We're not hiding. We're not going away. You can see, you can see who we are. You can hear who we are. You know, we're not anonymous people. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Cardano Convo podcast. If you want an easy way to help us out, make sure to share this podcast. That way we can grow and create a better podcast for you guys. Also leave us a five-star review. And if you had feedback on today's episode, tweet us at Cardano Convo. Send your emails to cardanoconvo at gmail.com or join the Cardano Convo Discord server and let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Also make sure to check out our new podcast website on crypto-loops.com. We'd also like to thank our sponsors. First are our Patreons over on the Cardano Convo Patreon page. Their direct contributions help to make this podcast possible. By becoming a Patreon, you gain amazing benefits such as access to polls to help decide the content of upcoming episodes, early access to videos, roles and benefits within the Discord server, and so much more. Our second sponsor is Loops Pool. If you want to help out the podcast and are looking for a Cardano stake pool to delegate your ADA to, then think about delegating with Loops Pool. That's Loops, L-O-O-P-S. Again, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you in the next episode of the Cardano Convo.